0: Hey, this is Lauren B.R. and this is The Authentic Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Authentic Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren. And on today's episode, surprisingly enough, I actually have one of my most highly requested guests on the podcast. Aww. My mom, Elizabeth. That's so nice. When I recently did a little thing on the Instagram story about... Um, who people wanted to see next. A lot of people said you, so I'm really excited Um, because my mom has truly accomplished so much in her life so far. I really can't contain it all in this intro from working in Capitol Hill in DC to becoming a mother of four and most importantly, loving the Lord with all of her heart through all of it. I'm really excited to have my mom on here today to give us some motherly advice rooted in scripture and to have some fun laughs as I'm sure we will along the way. So please welcome my mom, Elizabeth. Hi
1: y'all. You know what actually really fun because your friends are so cute? If we actually
0: had a little powwow with everyone together, what do you mean? Don't wait, don't 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 move it. It's gonna yes, make noise if I you do that. To, I don't want to see my face <laughs> on Zoom. We have to record on Zoom because I left my microphone or I didn't bring it to Florida. So, um wait, what do you mean a powwow? That t- like it's just your friends are so cute.
1: Everyone from high school to college. It would be fun if we could all like sit oh, together and just have talk. Like, I about? would say happy hour, but I don't want to encourage like drinking, but okay. you know what I mean? I like, could <laughs> off Your to a great start. That's all I'm trying to say you've made very good friends. Thanks. If you're my friend that listening kind of to
0: this, my mother loves you. It's true. Um. Okay. So even though I already did a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just, you know, cause probably most people, especially if they don't know me and they're mm-hmm. listening to this, they're probably not going to know who you are. So,
1: yes. So I'm from Houston originally also, just like you. Um, I went to St. Agnes Academy in Houston, for those who know of St. Agnes, and then I went to Texas A&M. And then from there- And I, you were a
0: Theta. I just, I it's, fun to, theta. it's
1: fun to shout out sororities, I just know, so people can have a connection. I being a Theta there. And then I went to DC for a few years. I went to grad school at George Washington University, GW, and I worked on Capitol Hill for a while. And then I wanted to come back to Texas. So I moved to Austin and worked in the state capitol in Austin. And that's where I met your dad. <laughs> and we got married and we lived there for a few years. And then we moved for me, I moved back to Houston. And then we had you. And then I had Kate. And then I had Pearson William. And
0: Kate also has a podcast episode if anyone wants <laughs> to listen to that.
1: So, right. And so Andrew and I have a firm together. We do public affairs and government relations together.
0: And Andrew's my dad. So, Andrew is your dad, indeed. <laughs> yes. So, before we get into some of the more, like, I don't know, intentionally ask questions um what's one of your like favorite parts or the best story that you have of your early 20s because kind of like the focus of this episode is just like for advice because most listeners are in college mostly but then we have girls you know later high school or her just graduated so kind of like that age is like what we're focusing on in terms of like giving advice to and like um how to follow the Lord in that way. So all that being said, um, or follow the Lord during that time, what is just your best story from your early 20s? Well, this doesn't
1: really have anything to do with Jesus specifically, <laughs> but I do think that your early 20s is such a fun, fun time where most people aren't necessarily tied down in any way other than you have a job and you have to do things that are important, but you don't have several kids at home or things like that, and you just have fun. And Being in D.C. in my early 20s was the coolest thing. I had so many neat experiences. So the first thing that pops in my head when you ask that question is where it was this opportunity where um, basically I worked for the Ways and Means Committee. And so we were lobbied along with other offices on the Senate and House side to go to Quantico. And that's the Marine military base in Virginia where so
0: much happened. The only reason I know that name is because of the TV show they made about it, <laughs> which is terrible, but sorry to Well, and with NCIS takes place at Quantico too. Oh, I they're didn't like, even know They're that. like
1: right at Quantico. I actually think they're in oh, DC, wow. but a lot happens at Quantico. Anyway. Quantico is a very, Quantico is a very cool place. And so they flew us down on helicopters from Andrew's air force base and we got to tour hangars and stuff. And then they gave us MREs for lunch, which are meals ready to eat, which is what they give soldiers out when they're out, you know, like in battle. Um, and then they flew us from there down to this range where we like rode in tanks and like shot these huge guns. Anyway, super cool experience. Not that, I mean, people don't get to do that. so I was working at an inauguration ball when Clinton was inaugurated for the second time. And I was volunteering for some of my friends. My friends were in charge of this specific inauguration ball. And so we were just helping with check-in or whatever they needed. And so um, since the president was there, secret service was everywhere. And I was just talking to the secret service guy and he was just like, do you want to go on a tour of the Oval Office? And I was like, well, yes, I would. And so he he allowed me to bring a friend and we met him after hours at the White House and we went through i'm sure i had to give him my name ahead of time he took us on this personal tour just the three of us of the oval office after hours
0: it was pretty See, cool that's so cool because i mean any other person i would even interview is not going to give me a story <laughs> quite like that so regardless of if you were my mom or not i mean i know that's, pretty that's you have a very interesting life i, I never saw him again i don't <laughs> even know who he was he was very nice <laughs> um So you kind of talked about how, like, obviously you went from college to DC and then to Austin and Houston. And like, obviously, um, a lot was going on in your early twenties. Um, so do you have any advice for girls that are at this age? Cause a lot of my listeners are kind of in college about to start college, about to graduate. And you know, a lot of changes are happening. So do you have any advice for girls in their early twenties?
1: I feel so much when I was that age, I was always trying to rush to the next step. I think that you know, we're conditioned in so many ways to want to get married or like have the next job opportunity. And we're always looking, 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 and sometimes we miss where we are. And some of the greatest moments are where we are. So the advice is to kind of enjoy the moment and not be stressed out about what's going to happen next, because God's plan is so great and it is all going to fall into place. And there is such a great verse um, about tomorrow taking care of itself. Matthew six thirty four. therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, we'll t- we'll worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Just worry about today.
0: Yeah. So um, do you have any advice for ways that like different girls can handle these major changes, but still cling to Jesus during that time? Clinging to Jesus. <laughs> I think clinging to Jesus actually.
1: <laughs> Why are you laughing about clinging to Jesus? I'm not. I'm laughing at you. I think clinging to Jesus is like this great opportunity. I mean, we think that we cling to Jesus in these sad moments and we are, I mean, we're looking for him and we're disappointed or we're angry or there's sorrow, but clinging to Jesus is a gift that he gives us. I think um, it's a wonderful opportunity, even though it's usually because we're drowning in fear or sorrow or disappointment. These are the times that we really grow. Um, like when I was pregnant with Pearson William and I had some serious pregnancy complications, I just was clinging so much to certain Bible verses and to Jesus. And there's this piece that he gave me that was amazing and everything is fine now. So it's easy for me to say, but my faith grew so much and there's such a maturity to my faith. Um, and I think there's certain Bible verses that you find that just speak to you and really carry you through the tough times.
0: Yeah. And I think change is really scary. I mean, for me included for most people, but like, like you said, it's such a cool opportunity and gift to just continue to like further and bring your faith to like new heights and new places. Because like, if you didn't go through these changes, then like, you're not going to be growing at all, you know? So
1: absolutely. And I think with that comes like the maturity, like your faith matures through harder times. And through the maturity of our faith, God is getting us ready for heaven. You know, it's not for nothing, it's for a purpose that's beyond just earth. And I think we forget that sometimes. We just get our emotions or anxiety or fear. We think about how we feel here, but it's all for something greater.
0: Yeah. And also, the point too of like these changes can lead to your story and your testimony, Mm -hmm. and then to be able to use. These hardships and trials to be able to tell people about your faith and be um a cool example in that way, absolutely. and to be able I to, hope that you can't hear Dixie <laughs>
1: <line>. <laughs> and to be able to empathize with people, I look back so much on my life and so many things that I've gone through, you know, I've been able to relate to people. and just to be able to relate to someone and talk to someone on a friend level, I'm like, oh my God, I totally know what you're going through. you know, God gives us those opportunities to just connect with people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so the next question I have um is, you know, specifically for you, how did you decide, you know, what to do with your future and to like glorify God in like that certain scenario or kind of whatever you're doing? Because I think at least, you know, being the age I am as a junior, a lot of people are just really freaked out and overwhelmed with like what next step to take. Um, and so I just thought this was a solid question to ask because I've had to talk to you a lot about this?
1: Well, I do think it's hard to know the right choice to make sometimes, especially when you're in a fork at the road, Um, you know, and it is all about praying and asking God to guide your path and then giving God the glory, no matter the direction that you go. And He never leaves you. He's always giving you opportunities to grow. So find, you know, Christian mentors that can help you look for the right path and find the Bible verses that help you and look for Jesus just everywhere um, he never leaves you. Sometimes I don't think we listen enough. We're always trying to make our own decisions or control our own paths. But if we really do take a step back and look for Jesus, he'll guide us. And sometimes we don't even realize it till later. We look back and we're like, oh my gosh, God like guided me the whole time. I didn't even realize it. It's kind of
0: cool. No, d- definitely cool. Not even kind of cool. I think really cool. So another thing that sort of comes with A lot of this stage of life, um, I mean, Kate's age two as a senior um, in college is, you know, lots of disappointment and rejection and waiting. So how do you handle like, you know, the waiting, the disappointment, the rejection and how do you have, you know, a good attitude within those seasons when maybe you don't get the job you wanted? Everyone else is getting married, but you like you just feel like you're stuck in those seasons of waiting um, or disappointment. So
1: I think that is the worst part of life is like the waiting. It's so hard to, and we were talking about this earlier too. I mean, I think it's just, you know, we're always ready to be at the next place. Like there's always what comes next, what comes next. We're always planning. And I think it's important to be ambitious and to be planning for the future. I mean, we can't sit back and just wait for things to happen. Um, But I think that I totally got off. What you originally were asking. Because um, you asked like a couple things in there. I mean, how to handle disappointments and rejections and then like the season of waiting and glorifying God in those seasons. It's all kind of- Yeah, that is kind of a lot in one question. It's kind of a lot. But um, I think on how to handle disappointments and rejections, I think that we have to remember that God is always there. And even though we don't always see him. um Okay. So I think that handling disappointments is one of the hardest times of life. And I think that there's really no easy way to get through those times. I think you need to hold your head high and be classy and give it time. Um, There's a great Bible verse, Proverbs 23, 18. There is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. To always remember that God's God promises for your future. And then no matter what the disappointments and rejections feel like, that God is always there and you're never alone. when you're talking about waiting or glorifying God in all seasons, um, again, they're kind of similar and they dovetail really nicely. I mean, glorifying God in all seasons, you know, that's a hard one too. And I can't say that I've always done my best in this situation. I think that when you're going through a hard time, your true character really comes out. And I mean, I have failed so much sometimes, but. You know, God knows what he's doing and he gives you these opportunities to really shine and to mature your faith. My favorite Bible verse, and I know I've told you this over time is Psalm 77 and it's one through wherever you kind of want to end it. I don't think the entire chapter is all that great. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) applicable, that's a better word. I don't think, I'm sorry. I knew what you meant, but I was just like, you're so (laughs) excited. I don't know that it's all applicable to what I'm saying, but the beginning, it starts out so strong and it's talking about this, the psalmist is so troubled that he can't even speak. And I feel like we've all been there when you don't even know what to pray. You just feel desperate. And when you read Psalm 77, it's nice to know that for thousands of years, People have dealt with disappointment and tragedy. We're not new at this. It's not just me for the first time or you. It's like God knows what he's doing and we're not alone. And actually the beginning of Psalm 77, one through four says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned, I mused, and my spirit grew faint, faint." you kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. Um, and again, it goes on and, and it has different verses that apply in different ways, but I feel like those first four, just, they're so relatable when you really just, it's just a hard time that there, again, I can just imagine someone out in a field, you know, singing this to God. Um, and then you're also asking about like the season of waiting. And I think that I mean, when it, you and I have talked about this so much, like, wouldn't it be great if we could just fast forward like life and be able to know that things come out fine, that you find your husband and your job is great. And you've got your, however many kids that you want and your dog and your picket fence. Like if we could just see that the future is okay, then we would really enjoy and appreciate where we are now. We'd have fun. It'd be fine. And obviously life doesn't always work out that way. And we certainly don't know what the future holds, but, you know, I think just the waiting, we have to just remember that you know, God is always there. And another thing that's kind of interesting, I feel that our culture now versus when I was your age was that everything is 24 seven. You want to buy something, you can get on Amazon and buy it. You can watch Netflix in the middle of the night. Like things are so immediate that we're not used to being patient and waiting. And God wants us to be patient and wait. He wants us to be patient and depend on him. Um, Romans 12, 12, I know is like a verse that is kind of overplayed a lot, but I really, really love Romans 12, 12, be joyful and hope patient and affliction and faithful in prayer. I just think that's so great. No matter how you look at it, those three distinct actions of always being joyful and hope and patient, affliction and faithful in prayer. Anyway, it's just fantastic. And there's another one that I think is great when you're in a season of waiting, James four, eight, it helps me to remember that daily issues are small. They're not insignificant, but they can be small. To, to us, uh, but there's a bigger plan. And the verse says, You also must be patient, keep your hopes high, for the day of the Lord's coming is near. So, like everything that we're going through in God's huge plan is just us. And they're important, and we're important to God, but we're part of a bigger plan as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And going back to the passage you were um, reading in Psalms, is just cool because. I mean, we're about to get to this, but when I was, like, first really, really struggling with anxiety in elementary school, oh, sorry, (laughs) oops, (laughs) when I was first really, really struggling with anxiety in middle school, which obviously you remember, or elementary school, you remember was just, like, very difficult for me, I was the first passage, um, of a Bible that I ever really memorized like for my own self rather than, I mean, I memorized verses for Sunday school. um, And those are awesome and great to have with me. But that was like the first time I memorized something to like meditate on and use like when I would have panic attacks. So um, that's always a cool thing that you showed me. I always love that verse. It just
1: makes me feel so good to know that I'm not alone in what I'm feeling. You know, other Mm -hmm. people have felt this too, not just today, but thousands of years ago, we all struggle with these things.
0: So now that we're kind of going into anxiety, and I mean, one thing that also comes along with waiting is anxiety. And this is something we both struggle with. I mean, um, it's been such a blessing to have a mom that really understands um, what it's like to struggle with anxiety. And I haven't extremely talked about this on the podcast, but I've mentioned it in a few episodes. So um, I guess my own struggle with it. But can you go tell us a little bit about your journey with anxiety?
1: Yeah. I think that I always was anxious. I mean, I look back to like kindergarten and the anxious feelings that I didn't understand. And then going through like high school into college and, um, you know, anxiety kind of ebbs and flows. And what's so great, I think about your generation is that mental health is talked about and anxiety is spoken aloud about, but, you know, when I was growing up, it wasn't talked about at all. And my mom, didn't really understand what anxiety was, not to her fault. She just never experienced it and didn't really know what I was going through. So I never, ever talked to anybody about it. And when my dad had a stroke when I was 19, so I was a sophomore in college, it was a really debilitating stroke, as you well know. Yeah. Um. And so I didn't really know how to deal with that. And the panic attacks I had, I literally thought I was going crazy. Um. It was awful. And so you know, I've taken all that and I've learned how to work with it. I mean, again, I never, no one ever gave me medicine to take or really taught me. It was kind of self-taught dealing with it. But, you know, I think that if you have medicine that helps you use your tools, that's great. But whether it's breathing or counting or closing your eyes, you know, in the immediate to get through stuff, that's always important. And then long-term, you know, it's, you know, praying and really talking to Jesus about how to get you through these long periods. You know, like when I was in my twenties, I remember I had this thing, of bridges, like I would panic going over. Which a is funny because I couldn't go over them for a while either. Now I can. I mean, but. it was just, it was a few years in my twenties and you know, now I've, now I've got this overpass, but <laughs> yeah. if it's the tallest overpass, I don't like going over that. Um, But you know, most, most of my anxiety is in pretty good check right now, but it doesn't mean that it will be forever. Anxiety is Anxiety is hard. Um, but I think that God really has some great verses out there that help us um to really know how Yeah. To... If you want to
0: share some of those right well, Psalm, I
1: love Psalms. All of Psalms is so great to me again, because it's just people I know most of it's David, but not all of them. And the psalmists just are people with the same fears and disappointments as us. But Psalm thirty-four four is I sought the Lord and he answered me, he delivered me from all my fears. In Isaiah 41, 10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with the righteousness of my right hand. So those are just a couple that I think are so great in helping you. I mean, there's so many out there that are great. Again, Psalms has so many that I didn't even write down because I feel like a lot of them are a little more common that people know and they're common because they're great and people refer to them so often, but those are just two that I really like along with Psalm 77.
0: <laughs> so even though anxiety is something, obviously you're always going to struggle with, um, how's the Lord kind of freed you from its extreme clutches? If that makes sense. Um, if you want like, I, I don't know if this question makes sense, but
1: no, I think it does. I, you know, again, I think, you know, age and time is something that is so great. Like, you know, the oldest people, like we always talk about the oldest people in the world, you know, are the wisest, or you can flip it and say the wisest or the oldest, you know, they've been through everything. They've literally seen it all. They know what to expect, uh, which is good and bad. But I think that life has taught me and time has taught me how to deal with anxiety. But I mean, again, it ebbs and flows. And sometimes it's ugly head shines, shows up more than other times. And again, it's just, kind of learning how to work through things. Um, when I was younger and I don't know if it was just my body chemistry when I was younger, I mean, my twenties and early thirties suffered really extreme anxiety. And I didn't tell anyone, I didn't even tell your dad. I just sort of dealt with it, you know, went to the hospital one time. Cause I thought I was like dying. I mean, I can laugh about that now, but it's not funny yeah. when you're in the middle of it. Um, but you know, just Knowing that God is always with you and you're never alone and no matter what physical things you're going through, whether it's mental or physical, that there's a plan and that you're part of it and you're going to touch people in ways and relate to people and empathize with people because of these things. If life was perfect and you never had downtimes, then what could you offer other people? What could you offer this world?
0: Nothing. Yeah. So. Um, kind of last question before we get into the speed round, just to kind of encapsulate everything we've talked about from, you know, your early twenties, waiting, anxiety, just all of it. But is there one thing that the Lord is teaching you right at this present moment? Like what is one thing that the Lord is teaching you right now?
1: I think he's teaching me not to be judgmental,
0: which is, Oh, a, this is a very vulnerable. It's answer.
1: An interesting place to be in my life now. Cause I think that You know, it's so easy to be, you know, criticize other people or look at their decisions or be gossipy with our friends, but you know, everyone decisions that people make sometimes, you know, I don't know, they got in too deep or we don't know what's going on on their side of it, but it's not really our place to be judging them. It's our place just to love everyone, to be there for them and to show God's love no matter what is going on you know, God didn't come back. Jesus didn't come here for the perfect people. He came here for the imperfect people, but I think it's easy for us as people to look down. And I, am um, it's been very convicting recently. I just, I, I, I have tried and just feel very much not like looking at others in any other way than love is what I should be doing.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I think truly like you being my mom is, you really are not judgmental of people. Um, And- Well, that's nice (laughs) because I don't want to be. No, and you're not. And it's good to put things into perspective of you're always thinking about, you know, what might be going on in their lives. And it's something that I've learned from you because I can be kind of, I mean, our whole family. Um, well, can be a little a, judgmental. A human no, of course, stick. but it's obviously something so I, I want to work on feel better. If we
1: can look down on others or like judge them, it's like, oh, well, I'm not doing that. I'm so much better, but you know, really we all have our faults and they're all equally not great in God's eyes. We all, yes. and I think another thing on that oh, too, is like, we're
0: having so many phone <laughs> interruptions. I think another thing is
1: like, when, when you, if you are, Someone is on the other side of it, making, you know, you're like, I'm not making good choices or that was wrong, or I shouldn't be doing this, that it can be a barrier with God. But, you know, again, Jesus came for when we make bad decisions and that's a great time to look to Jesus and say, you know, don't let it, don't let it
0: kind of feel separation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's all been really good. Um, But before we kind of end the episode, (laughs) yes, it has mom. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It has. Trust <laughs> me. Don't worry. Um, yeah. One thing that my mom really enjoys when she's listened to pretty much mm-hmm. every episode, except the latest one, um, is like the speed rounds that I do. So of course mm-hmm. she had to have her own it's speed. Round. Um, and I'm excited to ask her these questions regardless. So we're going to get into that now. Um, but before we do, um, could you just pray for all of the girls listening? Yes. <laughs> I pray at the end of every episode Oh man, You would know if you listened to the podcast, which you
1: do. Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> Dear Jesus, thank you for giving Lauren this great platform to reach out to others and an opportunity to have a dialogue. Even if it's seemingly one-sided Lord, we know that you hear everything that everyone is praying to you and that you are Giving guidance back. We just ask that you continue to bless everyone listening and everyone in all of our lives, Lord. Lead us on the right path to make good choices and do the right thing for you. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: For context, my mom has been nervous for this episode a little bit. And I guess (laughs) in my little thing of what's prepared for, I forgot to write to pray. Just to mention a prayer. I assume that you would know that okay speed round so one fun fact about my mom is that she had her own food blog for a while um it's come and gone back so you might see it pop up again who knows um but what is your favorite restaurant in houston baton rouge and then 30a since these are all areas you kind of frequent your time in um which ones which are your favorites so houston
1: my very favorite place as you well know is papa's brother steakhouse oh yeah how did i not know that you'd say that I mean, the service is great. The food is great. The atmosphere is great. It's pretty perfect. Um, but I also love local foods. And then we have to go get our crunchy chicken sandwich as a salad. The best. And I love, love, love Tex-Mex. I think that Good Company Cantina is my favorite Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. So that's Houston. I couldn't choose one. Baton Rouge. I love Building 5. but We haven't been there in a while. I need to go back the next time I come. And I love Superior. Cause I love Tex-Mex and I think Superior actually does a really great job for being a non-Texas restaurant and I love basil's. So it'll be fun to see where they get. Yeah. Move to. RIP. I hope that they I get that all settled. Their house was so cute before. So I hope they find a cute little house again, but they'll be back and it will be great. And then 38. Oh, 38. Yes. So I love Barago and Grayton because it's my favorite. And the chicken linguini is the best. And I love the citizen and Alice. It's kind of like it's got the good service, the good food, the good atmosphere, all those things I said about Papa's Brothers, except they could not be more different, but all the great
0: ingredients that go into a good restaurant. Mm-hmm. And we saw someone famous there once. So it's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's your favorite brand? Okay. So I was trying to think of
1: like what would be a good answer. So I really do love my Abercrombie Nation sweatshirt because it's <laughs> so soft. And I love my splendid joggers because they're awesome. And I love my Bejas. But I think my actual favorite brand is THML, and I think that might be more of like a mom brand. Oh. Um, and it's only wholesale. You can't buy it. You have to find it at like a store. But a lot of the stores I love carry it, and if you look through my closet, I have a lot of their stuff.
0: Interesting. kind of like
1: just, it's, I don't
0: know. I like it. So Aviator Nation, Splendid, Vejas, and then THML. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So then what's your favorite store? okay so I broke it down by three again since you asked me that <laughs> this on is the opposite of a speed round but
1: okay I'll talk this so Houston I love Swoon, slash the monogram shop and Fig Tree is my new favorite place oh, well, you in need Rice to Village take me there they have Let's a lot go. of that THML
0: stuff
1: <laughs> um and then Baton Rouge I love Dawson Street and Rodeo and that place that you took me to where I got the cutest white leather shorts that was new for me we need to go back there Weird. and
0: where was that I don't know. Like, do you know in relation? Like, when remember, did it take It's you? where I got the white leather shorts. Like, I'm sorry, but remember, I can't I remember. Don't know, like, the
1: street that it's off of. It's like the opposite way of the sortie. Oh,
0: place. by Yogerlands Maram. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: like that. I want to go back there. And the place, I don't know the name either, but it's over there by Trader Joe's. They've got really cute. Cool Overtage. Stuff too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. Oh, and then 38. Love Cabana. I'm going to put a bed in Cabana and live You there. do love Cabana. And Mercantile and
0: Disco are awesome too. Yeah. I'm going to, when I make like the Instagram thing of all your favorites, it's going to be cluttered mm-hmm. in the best way though. I like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Places, um, things, people. Favorite item of clothing right now?
1: So I'm kind of on a leather thing, I think, because it's December as we're having this conversation. So I really like my leather pants my leather shorts, ML my leather dress. I really like all that. But honestly, my favorite item of clothing is probably a sweatshirt and leggings.
0: Classic, especially mm-hmm. when you work from home. So mm-hmm. Super comfy. Um, favorite TV show? Because you actually said we should talk about this, so I thought I would include it. All right, so
1: I just finished the fourth season of The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and I told you you should watch it. Yes, I know. I mean, I it's about it. a comedian, and she can be a little dirty, so I'm not necessarily proponing that. Proponings not a word. What's the word I'm looking for. I'm not a proponent of that. Yeah. Proposing that proponent, or of that,
0: but recommending her. Yes.
1: But her, the way she dresses is amazing. You would love her style and her family's funny. Like it's a funny show. So you really like it. I'm sad that my season is over. Just started watching. What if again, it's a lot of like morality and there's a lot of things that I don't always agree with that are happening in it. But, um, I kind of like the premise of what moral decisions do you want to make and what is right and what is wrong. I'm only on
0: the third episode. I have a long way to go. <laughs> but I'll
1: say my favorite show of all time is Mad Men.
0: I never knew and that. Friends. Where do you Friends, even yeah. watch Mad Men? I'm like, where would I watch that? Uh, Netflix
1: or Amazon or something. Oh, well, it's on Netflix? Uh, we, it's on some streaming service. <laughs> no, I know. That's why I'm saying this. I've Men wanted to
0: watch it best since I talked about it in my advertising period.
1: Like the clothes that they wear, like the sets, everything
0: loved Mad Men.
1: I never knew that. And it went over such a long period of time, too, that you really see like
0: the 60s change. And Oh, you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. So oh, there you go. Um, And then favorite movie going along with that? Steel Magnolias. Which I knew you were going to say. I know. It's the best. <laughs> and then favorite item of decor. I, I think that's the way I would word that. Just because you enjoy like like interior design, I guess. So I think it would be my Staffordshire dogs. Those are pretty awesome. I'll and say. I love the fact
1: that when we were in Cabana yesterday, they have Staffordshire dogs that are painted like fluorescent colors. I don't know that that really fits in my decor, <laughs> but <clears throat> they're the coolest things ever. They are. Love cool. Staffordshire dogs.
0: And then lastly, before we wrap up, what is on your wish list right now? Even though... So there are more experiences and not things. Okay. No, that's good though. I think that's the best.
1: So Your dad gave me years ago for Christmas, a tea party at the St. Regis in Houston. So when I say tea party, he just basically gave me like a gift card to use at the St. Regis and the St. Regis's afternoon teas. Amazing. It is better than the Plaza in New York. It is top-notch amazing. So that would be super fun would be to like, take y'all like you and Kate and some other friends and like. Do a tea party at the Saint Regis. The other thing I would love is like a day of beauty at Trellis Spa and Houstonian, because I know they've recently redone it, and apparently it's amazing. Well, and it's
0: also I like wish I knew this before best. Christmas, so I could have
1: gone. <laughs> that's be- all really expensive stuff. That's out of your price range. But you said it's my wish list, so that's my wish. Yeah. Those are my wishes. Well,
0: so. uh, Maybe my graduation or something could be at the Saint Regis. I don't know. I know. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um. Thanks so much for being on this episode, Mom. I I feel like I threw you for a loop on some of this stuff. You definitely (laughs) did, but it's totally okay. And I feel like I'm gonna listen to this back and be like, I sound really mean to my mom because I know I sound (laughs) different than how I do with other guests. So I'm trying not to sound harsh because I love my mom. And I well, the good news is that I know you'll talk to me again. So well, yes. Um, Why
1: would I not? Well, I mean, like if you had like a weird guest and you're like, oh my gosh, that was such a difficult conversation.
0: Like you were not a weird guest. Don't worry. Um. I don't worry, you were not. This just might be really long. How long were we doing? Anyways, no we'll, we'll look like <laughs> in a second. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll see y'all next week. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and the last episode of season one, which is just insane reflecting back at 2022. um, It's just so crazy how the Lord was so faithful to give me the boldness to start this, the ideas for it, and just continuing to bring me great guests um, that have so much wisdom. And listeners like y'all, if you're listening towards the end, then you're a real one. And I'm so grateful for you just for listening. And it's so cool to be able to have the Lord use me in this way. It's just such an honor. And it's hard to wrap my head around because I never thought this is something I'd be able to do. I was always so fearful. And so to um, get this boldness from the Lord has just been really incredible. And I'm so excited for what season two holds and what 2023 holds. And um, all that the Lord has in store for Authentic. So have a great rest of your day. And I do realize I say um a lot. That is when my New Year's resolutions is to say it less in conversation. But more importantly, in these podcast intros, and outros. Because when I'm just speaking off the top of my head like right now, I'm not good at not using fillers. So keep me accountable for that and have a great rest of your day or night.